All things automotive with the petrol head, Niku Smith. He's on the couch, he has a cup of coffee, and I'm sure he has a great question. Nico Smith, our petrol head, welcome back to the show. <laughs> Thank you, Michelle, but you're assuming things here, unfortunately. What, that you're uh, on the couch, that you're drinking coffee? Exactly. That, that's the biggest uh, uh, an assumption, which is not exactly fair. I'm sitting on the bed, watching the mountains, <laughs> and there's only Frisco, so I probably will make a plan for some other coffee later. Watching the <laughs> mountains? Where are you? I'm visiting my family in the pole, so I'm sitting in pole with a with a uh, with a with a nice view, and I'm just um, you know relaxing. And I haven't had a coffee yet, as I said. It's probably only first coast. I'll be looking for other coffee later. Oh, I <laughs> know you better do it. So, Nico, we've got um, some questions around cars for you, and they're coming mm-hmm. through. And then also, obviously, we have our. Uh, Fifty-two week challenge. We're on to thirty week thirty-six at this point. I would like to ask you though. Um, let's. Last week's winner was Peter, and Peter, we, mm-hmm. we, we, we seem to have lost your number. We can't find it. And Dosh has tears dripping down her face like a little emoji. So, Peter, if you're listening, we need you to um, send us a message. The real Peter. That's the thing. So, have you got your clock ready to time? I am ready, so I'll count you down in three, two, one, go. The lucky Alan, Roger, Roger, Polly, Temba, Hans, Jet Crew, Ian, Hans, Vish, Lucky, Ranjay, Raditi, Rod, Golani, Temba, Gail, Ray, Anthony, Anthony, Nick, Temba, Kal, Mohungu, Eldrud, Uwe, Lynn, Lynn's husband, Charlie, Ranjay, Kasper, Gerald, Aubrey, Alan, Jet Crew, Peter, Award. Yo, that's 12 seconds. 12 seconds? That's not bad. Yo. Shh. I know, I've got a bit of a headache now. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, so Nico, Peter was our winner last week. Yes. We're hoping that he comes on the line. If not, we just continue. Uns gaan maar voort. Okay. As they say. Do I ask the question? Ask the question. No, you ask the question. Okay, so if I bought a car in 1910. Yes. So if I bought a car in 1910, what part of that car would be completely white? And why? So if I bought a car in 1910. What part of the car, of course, there's lots of car parts, I know, that's part of making this tricky. There, uh, something in the car would be completely white. What is that um, thing that will be completely white, and why is, the, is it completely white? <laughs> yeah, we, Take no way, prisoners, the Google eh? challenge. So we're going to try and make it a little bit more difficult, um, seeing that we have the weekly Google challenge. <laughs> okay, so if you bought a car in 1910... Yes. What part of the car would be completely white and why? Yes. What part of the car would be completely white and why if you bought a car in 1910? So if you know the answer to that, then you can start SMSing us. I I feel for you right now, guys. The SMS number (laughs) is 41391. You can WhatsApp us on 0614104. 107. I would say the time has come to get cracking. So, Nico, let me start with a question. It comes from Norman in Cottondale. He's saying, um, uh, Morning, Mitchell. I'm driving a Mazda 3 2013 model. I want to change my shock absorbers at the front. And someone advised me that I must also change the shock mountings. How true is this? And must I also change the springs of the vehicle? 
Wow. Yeah, that's an interesting question. You know, Michelle, it, it's always it's a difficult one. If, if if I if I can't see the vehicle, it's a 2013. I'm not sure. Um, cars are different, so each car is different. And normally, I would say it's not necessarily uh, necessarily for the mountings, but maybe on 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 a specific Mazda, the mountings always are replaced with the shocks. Um, or so, in other words, the, the the shock absorber obviously has to be mounted to the body, and then there is um, a way that it's mounted. So. What is important is that you've got to stick to whatever the manufacturer um, prescribes. And if they say, um, okay, when you replace on this Mazda model, the shock also, also replace this part of the mounting. Uh, that could be the case. I'm not so sure about springs, however. I don't think you'd normally replace springs. Springs in the car, you don't have to replace. Um, when you replace shocks, um, you've just got to go with what the manufacturers say. So I would say it's simple. Make a call to a Mazda dealer and phone them and say, listen, I need to replace my shocks on the Mazda uh, this is a vehicle. What needs to be done? Is it only the shock? Is it a certain mount? Are there only the parts that go with this? Um, because, yes, it doesn't help you replace a certain part, but one part that normally should be replaced is old because that's not going to be great for the car. So it's difficult to say the exact answer. That's why I would go to the manufacturer just to make sure what is required from them. Yeah, it's hardly an old car, 2013. So exactly. Norman's that's got why I... Normally, I, I, it would just be the shock. It wouldn't necessarily be the, the mounting on the vehicle itself, but maybe there are other parts that go with it. So that would be the best bit, I would guess. Okay. Another question coming from Naomi in Bathurst saying, what is a good work vehicle half-ton bucky for a small holding that can work and manage bad dirt roads? You know, that's difficult because I would almost say this is prefer, uh, you know, the, the preferred vehicle that you like because all, nowadays the buckies are so good to manufacture in that bucky market. Um, it's such a big fight for them to, to, to be the best. Yeah. Um, so when you're buying from, from, from your Michelle, I would say any bucky would be good. I, the, the easiest would be what is the closest dealership to your house because when you're buying this vehicle, you also have to service it. Yeah. So... Um, uh, where's it from again? What, what town did you say? Bathurst. So if you're in Bathurst, um, you probably would find that there would be a Toyota dealer, there probably would be a Ford or a Mazda dealer. Maybe there would be a Nissan dealer, I'm not sure. So those are the vehicles I would go for because those are the vehicles that you want to, that's where you want to service the vehicle. But any of those brands, whether you like the Mazda or the Ford or a Toyota, they are all good vehicles. So your preferred choice is, is definitely important but make life easy by finding one where you can service the car easy. Okay, and uh, if you personally had to choose a half-ton bucky, which one would you like, just off the top uh, of your head? Uh, Michelle, I would say um, probably I would go, because it's a smaller town, um, I would go for something like um, um, a, a, a Hilux, because um, uh, they're the ones that are going to be the easiest ones um, in that area yeah. um, to service, probably. So that's what I would... Um, I would say I would go for, oh, Michelle, let's, yeah, let's say that's what I would go for. I would go for a Toyota. Okay. The, oh, that sounds wait, good. Wait, hang on, but I'm, I'm talking about bigger ones. So maybe in this an NP200, I don't know. That's quite a, because I don't, also don't know what the budget would be. Yeah. So, you know, that's also part of um, what you're looking for. What is your, your budget in this? But anyway, that's my answer. Okay, fantastic. So if you have got questions for Nico, then 41391 is the SMS number, and 0614104107 is the WhatsApp number. That's also the number to get hold of us with regards to your questions. Don't forget, uh, not your questions, your answers 
to the 52-week challenge, don't forget to leave your name. It's often difficult. A lot of you are sending in your thoughts on what you think the answer is to the question, but not leaving your name. So leave your name as well because the award is that you get your name in the title of the 52-week challenge award. And if we don't know your name, then we can't give you the award for that particular thing. The question, once again, as Nico noted, is if you bought a car in 1910, what part of the car would be completely white and why? What part of the car would be completely white and why if you bought it in 1910? Good question, Nico. I have no frick, yeah. I've got no freaking idea. Really? But there's really, lots, yeah. of, lots and lots and lots and lots of answers. No freaking idea whatsoever. Are, are they leaning towards the same answer or, or are they all different as well? No, they're looking at all sorts of different things. So That's interesting. Okay, so I also had a question which I saw. Let me talk about this because somebody asked me this question. Yeah. And the question was, how do I drive through smoke? Sorry, say that again. How do I drive through smoke? You know, when, when there's, let's say, a salt fire. Yeah. Yes, yeah, good idea. Good question. Yeah, okay. Yeah, because, um, so, but it's a difficult thing because it, it obviously um, depends on the situation and the type of fire, where I'm driving, how I'm driving, the road. The first thing that we have to start off by saying is that cars um, are like human beings and they breathe and they need air to work. So a car has what we call a fuel-air ratio. It's a certain amount of air, 14.7 parts air to one part fuel. So if there's no air in the, um, um, uh, that the car can breathe, it won't work. That's why cars can't drive underwater. Yeah. Um, well, obviously, they can't drive underwater. But also, if the stick is too, the fire is too, 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 too thick, the smoke is too thick, um, the cars, also the engine, will not run. So the first thing that uh, I would say that's important is that if you can avoid driving through, through the smoke, that's first price. So when there's a big salt fire running across the road and it's extremely thick, um, if you can, rather avoid it. Rather don't drive through it if that is the possibility. If you can rather turn around, that's first price, definitely, because the car might actually um, battle with the smoke and you might also be overcome with smoke. If you have no choice, then start off by turning on your headlights so you are visible. So turn, off all the, uh, turn on all the headlights in the vehicle so people can see you. Even if you have fog lights, fog lights would be a great idea to turn on now. Then um, the, problem, the next thing is hazard lights. But hazard lights could be a good and a bad thing because you could turn on your hazard lights to make it more, you more visible, but the hazard lights would also make people think that your car is broken down. So mm. hazard lights for me is a difficult one. I should use them or not because take the uh, indication that the car is broken down. So be careful how you use them. I would say reduce your speed. Um, I've heard of people that where there's there's a salt fire and, and a big smoke running across the road and people go faster so they could race through the smoke quite quickly. But that's dangerous. Yeah. But reducing your speed also doesn't mean doesn't mean go down to a crawling speed because then you're also a hazard to other road users. Because imagine the highway is a 120 kilometers an hour highway. Yeah. and you're driving down to 40, then you are also a hazard. So, again, the condition determines how you should reduce your speed, but I would definitely uh, reduce my speed. And with that, I would avoid sudden stops. Because let's say the cars are going slowly. When you brake suddenly, cars behind you are going to brake a bit harder or they might not even see you and drive into you. Um, also, there could be animals across the road. So be careful when there's a fire of animals crossing the road. Another one is stay in your lane. So when there's a fire, stay in your lane. Don't move out of your lane because then you also are unpredictable for, for other people. If you have to pull over and stop, pull 
away from the road. So if you've got to stop in the smoke, which is really not a good idea, then pull away out of the, the lanes because people are still going to be moving in their lanes. Okay. So avoid it. Yes, you've got to... Yeah, I'm listening. Uh, okay, then uh, obviously if you're in the car as well, you want to put close your windows, close all the vents, put the aircon on and put the the, 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 the climate control or the aircon on and recirculate so it keeps the air inside the vehicle so that you don't get the smoke from outside in. And then I know that people, when, let's say on a farm, and they go and help their friends with a salt fire, what you want to do there is turn your vehicle around, facing away from the fire, and, and uh, with a key in the ignition so that you're ready to go. So if the, the wind turns or the fire turns and you have to get away, that the vehicle's already pointed in the right direction to get away from the fire. Okay, all right. So that's a lot of information on, on, okay, on how just, to avoid a fire, but I would but, say just avoid it if you can. So if you're going to go, you know, driving through a fire and there's smoke, and obviously, you, you, A, you don't want smoke inhalation. And I suppose in many ways it's about driving on a very dusty road as well. It's a similar experience. Um, the air that's filtering through the air conditioner, is it being filtered? As, I mean, it sounds like a bit of a... So, yeah, so, so, no, no, no. So a car, a car always has a, a filter to, 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 to clean the air from the outside. But that's not necessarily going to stop the smoke. I mean, you would see that quite clearly. If you're driving past a salt fire, even if it's just a bit of smoke, you smell that smoke in the car as you drive through it. Yeah. So that's why you use... I always, if I see any type of fire, even if I'm not close, and, and even if it's light smoke, I immediately use my recirculate button. In other words, what I now do is I close off all the vents from the outside. So no fresh air is coming in. Yeah. Or in this case then, when it's smoke, no smoke is coming in. So that's why that's a, it's a little picture normally of a car with a, 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 a bent arrow on the inside. And that's the recirculate button. So that then closes off all air coming from the outside into the car. So that helps a little bit. Well, when they, um, and that's going to help to a certain amount when you are in a lot of smoke. But I've done it before. I've driven on the highway. It was 120k an hour highway. And there was a huge fire with very thick smoke. And I actually found it very scary to drive through there. It was really worrying for me because I don't know what people are doing in front of me. And I don't know if somebody behind me really decides to go faster to clear the smoke quicker, which is really dangerous. So never increase your speed. Definitely don't. Okay, I've got two questions for you quick. And then we're going to go to the answers. And the first question, okay. this is Ndumiso from Cape Town. Ndumiso saying, I'm currently driving a Toyota Verso. And I'm tired of changing gears now. Oh, I get you, Dimiso. I would like to find out what are the pros and cons of owning an automatic vehicle. Now, I'm going to answer that and then hand over to Nico and say I shifted from um, uh, gear a gear, st- a gear stick manual car all the way to an automatic car. And I have to say, oh, it's amazing. Dimiso, <laughs> just do it. Okay, seriously, though, Nico, what's the answer? Well, you've given the answer. If you're sitting in a lot of traffic, if you're tired of gears, automatic cars are great. They, they're very comfortable to drive. Um, they, um, they can, uh, if you have a, a type of automatic, which we call a torque convert automatic, they can be a bit heavier on fuel. So if it's a, the newer fancy, like a twin clutch gearbox or a CVT gearbox, the fuel consumption isn't bad. If it's more a conventional system called the torque converter, then the, the fuel consumption will be a bit heavier. Um, but, um, but apart from that, um, most people nowadays love manual, automatic cars because they're so convenient and, and, and fun to drive and easy to drive. So I love a manual store, but I'm definitely in a minority. Most people nowadays want autos, and they're great to drive, as you said. 
Geez, they really are great. So um, Elvis Mashejo wants to know, how strong is the Merck 180 compressor with an eight-front lamp shape? And what are the critical things I should take care of? How strong is it? Yeah. In what, in what uh, I'm not sure, uh, does it mean reliability or when you say strong? Uh, no so, idea. Just well, take, like a, take a wild car, guess. Yeah, well, because it's a compressor, 180 compressor, I, I, I think it's an older car. It's not a newer car. This car is, is, is quite a few years older. It all does, unfortunately, depend on the previous owner. So if they looked after the car well, there's no reason why those cars... Look at, it, look at the taxis in Germany. Um, there are a lot of them on Mercedes-Benz, and they do m- literally millions of kilometers. So if the car is looked after well and it's had all the services, then there's no reason why it shouldn't last you well. But unfortunately, if the previous owner missed services, didn't look after the car well, then you might have issues. So it's difficult to see w- without seeing the car what it would be. So, um, but yeah, I would look for a full service history, um, and I would look at the condition of the pedals in the car. I would look at the condition of the bodywork in the car and see what that's like, because um, that's going to be um, the thing that's for me a determining factor would be the, a full service history. Okay, Nico, what was the question? Uh, if I bought a car in 1910, what part of the car would be completely white? And why? All right. Now, here I'm going to do things slightly differently because there's lots of answers, and I now know the answer. How do you know the answer? Because I had a very nice producer tell me, and the reason that she told me (laughs) was that we had lots and lots of answers, um, and some of them are the same. So, but we're going to just shout out to everyone because so many people are doing are getting getting some answers right and not unnecessarily all of them. So, don't say yes or no. Until we uh-huh. get to the end. Okay. Okay. So, I'm going to start. So, um, someone, Gordon in Newland says, in 1910, a white flag to walk ahead no. of the vehicle. No. Then, um, you're not allowed to say no or yes. Just hold. Just take a oh, deep sorry, breath. Sorry, just yeah. listen. Oh, okay. Yeah, just keep listening. Then, um, someone else says, the car in 1910, white steam would have been the only white. Someone, Vish Maharaj, says the tires, because of the natural color of rubber, is white. Um, Outside walls of the tires, in order to be visible from the side. Someone else says the gear knob. Um, The part that would be white would be the exhaust. That's from Willie Ward and Pulikwani, because he says the coolant, which is water, gets mixed up with the gasoline and air. So a white snake is created, and that's why the exhaust turns white. Someone, Linda in Florida, says the battery terminals would be white through accumulated corrosion. Um, Jack says the indicator between the front and back doors. Someone else, Ayola in Bait Bridge, says your answer is the bumper of the car would be white. Someone else says completely white would be the roof or the hood because it's made of canvas. That's from Roz. George, uh, Lee from George says the dashboard would be more visible. Someone says, hi, Michael. Um, it's an inner of a bonnet. Oh, that's Willile Dekile from Tsolo in the Eastern Cape. And then we carry on. Um, Bongani E from Kanile in Panorama Gardens, Peter Maritzburg, tires. This was for road safety reasons, and the purpose was to make the car more visible. Another Willile says the white interior as it was fashionable. Allen in PE says the white name of manufacture, the engine bonnet, the white curve. Then um, uh, Kevin says the tires because there was no carbon dust available to color the tires. Pierre says tires because the rubber is white. 
Um, the list keeps going on. Um, someone else said something. I just have to find it because I'm says um, the white steam car in 1910. That's Lynn. So then we have the SMS, which voiceover, which goes. Okay, we're just busy trying to find it now. Um, I, I'm enjoying this great. I know people. Are, people are so smart on this show. So Otseko says the gear lever. Um, someone else says the tire will remain white because of the white wall of the tires. That's Villian Blumfontein. And then uh, we've got this answer. These answers. It would be the steering wheel because it was made from ivory. Uh, the answer is tires. And I think it's because they didn't have the ability to make, uh, or they didn't have the, the chemical capacity to change the color back then i'm not too sure so we don't know who that is though okay but we do have that person on the line to answer it what is uh, the answer nico so the answer is that the tires were white because na the natural color color of rubber is white but unfortunately um the, the tires didn't last long so um what happened is that uh, um, the, the Goodrich Tire Company started um, adding carbon black to the tires, um, effectively with, which is suit. And the carbon black actually helped to, to expand or make the life of the, car, of the tires much better. So they added uh, the carbon black to tires, and that actually helped with the life of the tires. So they could last a lot longer because they were now black, and they were also better heat-resistant. So that's you know, that's the reason why tires are black today, is because of the carbon black that's added to rubber. Fantastic. So lots and lots of people answering that correctly. And in fact, uh, the very first person to uh, put it out was Bongani on uh, SMS. We do have Bongani on the line. Bongani, hello. Okay, we're still trying to get hold of him. Bongani, are you there? Okay, so, all right, we can't get Bongani on the line, which means that he is the winner for this week, but uh, we will get him on the line because, unfortunately, Nico, your tire, time, I, I keep saying your tire is running out. <laughs> I guess my tire is good. <laughs> I'm tired. You're tired. I mean, jeez. But uh, we've had such lovely um, answers. There's someone else says, um, Frank says, maybe... It was the black number plate with white numbers. How about oh. that? Yeah, so, I mean, the, the creative answers really surprised me. That was really so cool. So well done to, to everybody that had creative answers. Okay. And that's it. It's nine o'clock. It's time for the news. Good morning.